After a jam-packed weekend, we'll try to get to it all here on Ovias and Gilio. North Carolina looks like the ACC's most complete team. MJ Morris makes his debut, while Peyton Wilson had a message for NC State fans. The Carolina Panthers just stink, and Josh Stein, Attorney General North Carolina, will drop on by after Tez Walker was granted immediate eligibility. Is there still a legal threat towards the NCAA? Drop on by breakingt.com slash OG. Get your OG merch. Hint, hint, we might have a new T-shirt dropping later this month. So, again, go check that out. BreakingT.com slash OG. 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 Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside the Eford Studios downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. When we did the OG Media Classic, did you do all the contracts? Did you print them? Did you print them out on all thanks to Copiers Plus, or was it all on the back of a yellow pad? <clears throat> Let me just say, um, <laughs> Drew is tremendous. My first chance <laughs> meeting Drew. Yes, enjoyed, and so did his crew. Like the the people who ended up playing with Jason yeah, and, yeah. and B Bish. Like they they had a really good time. So I, I was. I was super stoked for that. There's probably lessons to be learned about contracts and, and certain things there. Yes. So I, I need to ask because I don't know what I don't know. This and I, I really should have asked Drew. You had Drew right there. Beforehand. He was right there, Joe. And Josh Whitaker. Whitaker and Hamer, like, hey, man, what am I not thinking of here? How can I how can I help myself? Whew. Goodness, goodness, goodness. A lot to get into today. So let's just go ahead and get right into it and start with some college football. Um, we got NC State in North Carolina. Let's start the Wolfpack first, Joe, because we finally got to see MJ Morris take over at quarterback. It's been just over a year since we last saw MJ Morris on the field. Oh, less than a year. It's, it's been just so it's been, it's been around a year, right? And I can understand some some rustiness, and I kind of put that first interception on a little bit of rustiness, a little too much zip on the ball, put it on the receiver's hands. Receiver should have brought it down, obviously, but it deflects off him, ends up with an interception. The second interception. I don't really put that on MJ Morris. I kind of put that one on Porter Rooks. Kind of work through that screen, dude. Like, that's what the setup was. And Marshall's defender did a really good job blowing that up. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of Rooks in that situation. That results in yet more points off turnovers. But things eventually settle down. Um, and 48 points is 48 points, dude. And we haven't seen that out of the Wolfpack in over a year. That's where I'm getting all my confusion and how long it's been since we've seen, th- seen things. It's been over a year since we've seen NC State put up those kind of numbers. Out at the tailgate, halftime, a couple of people come up to me and they're like, hey, you were right, Marshall. You knew this was going to be a fight today. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man. They're, yeah, man. they're super athletic. They're well coached. They, they, they were definitely not intimidated. They were not scared. They've won at Notre Dame. They've already beaten Virginia Tech. So they're leading at halftime of that game. And, and that's that's a dangerous. I had Akron vibes all up until about six, seven minutes left in that football game. That yeah. easily could have gone the wrong way on Saturday for NC State. So give full credit to not only MJ Morris for playing well, not only for Robert and I and, and Dave Doran for making a decision to switch quarterbacks, but the defense. Mm-hmm. I know people are like, but they gave up 41 points. What's wrong with our defense? Marshall's Sunbelt East and David, come on, man. Stop, stop acting like it's not 2023 and Alabama isn't out here playing with transfers from Troy and everywhere else. Like the, the days of being like, oh, well, little old so-and-so stop, stop. Everyone's got players now. Mm-hmm. 
And they're all cross-pollinating across college. But, but I mean, Carolina's ready to spend $8 bazillion on a transfer from Kent State, for God's sake. Okay? So stop with the denigrating of other conferences and other, other teams. Marshall's talented. All you had to do is watch the football game. So this was a this was a great. I actually think it was a great performance in the second half by NC State's defense mm-hmm. to come up with the stops that they needed to win the football game. Uh, you mentioned the turnovers. The turnovers directly led to 14 points for Marshall, and that's not on NC State's defense. And I thought one of the real bright spots of this game was seeing a Davin Van, was seeing a Robert Kennedy, was seeing other players. Uh, a red Hibbler seeing other Brandon Cleveland, seeing other guys on defense, not named Peyton Wilson, making impactful plays yeah. that changed the the tenor of this game. And now you leave this game. They could have won this game 18 to 11. And you would have been like, Oh man, more of the same, Ugh. more of the same. to score 48 points. That gives them a lot of confidence. And I, I think this gives them a chance to get to that six win plateau. And I, I know people are like, Oh, we're back in it. And it's like, no, you're no, not. no, really not. No. Uh, I think however, it, I think it ties back to what we talked about last week and why you go to MJ Morris and that whole year 11 conversation. You don't want, no, you don't a want disastrous season to be your, you, you that's not your floor. You really don't want to be three and nine again. No. And I, and it's interesting because I look at the final six games and if you were to tell me, if you were to ask me, they're all losable games. If you Joe. were to ask me, which game do you are you do you think NC State is most likely to win? My answer would be against Clemson at home on October twenty eighth, <laughs> because they will pour it out. <laughs> they will nut up. They will be there. It will be off. <laughs> I, I, it'll be what I suspect after a Duke loss, people will be down on them. And Dave always does well in those situations. Not always. Uh, not maybe not, not Clemson. Clemson. No, but what I'm saying is, when people start doubting them, that's when Dave gets the best out Give of them. To me, this week against Duke. This week See, against now Duke. you you have this week you have the Duke doesn't have their quarterback and they and got a really State good defense. Just scored 48 points. I, I think now I had the same feeling last year when Wake Forest came here. Okay, so maybe 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 those, those I, feelings I, are. I get your point, but when it comes to Clemson. I still don't oh, state Dave Dorn and Clemson are oh, like no, this. No, I'm just saying, but if you, what, what I'm getting, I, at I is know what you, yeah. the circumstances of these final six games do coming off an open date. People being like, Oh, their quarterback as if the backup isn't going to run the same exact stuff. Right. As if Riley right. Leonard is Lamar Jackson. Riley, Riley Leonard is a good player. He's having a nice little two year run here, but he's not like this super freak one of one athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, come on guys. Um, you get Clemp Miami at home. Um, go well, to Wake where you if never Mario win. Cristobal doesn't know time and score and situation, then that might actually sure. work out. You go to <laughs> Wake where you never win, and then you get VT on the road. Yeah, VT's terrible, but that's got big Boston College November energy. <laughs> we're never playing at home again. We were supposed to be good this year. We almost beat you last year. And then, of course, the Carolina game is just going to be one long flag fest. I, I have a bad feeling for NC State that everyone on the Carolina team is going to bring a flag out the center field for the midfield for the end of that game. Yes. You reap what you sow. Yeah. I don't, um, if anybody has a problem with that, you haven't been but paying no, attention. Like these six games are all, I guess, technically all winnable, but they're also in my brain, all losable. Exactly. That that's, that's where, that's where I went. Oh, sure. You can be optimistic about where things are going, but there's not a single game left on the schedule that makes you go. All right. That's a gimme. And they and they can all be, I mean, Virginia Tech should fashion. be, it should be. Look with that, with this NC State, with this NC State squad, nothing is a given. Correct. Man. Not Correct. a not a thing is given because again, I get back to yes, 
I understand why you put MJ Morris back out yeah. there and you're willing to burn the red shirt if that can salvage and the he semblance looks of good. a season. And to he me, looks he fine. looks good because he looked like a quarterback. Yeah. Last year, he just wanted to run. I totally get it. There's he, did, there's, he didn't there's, seem like he was interested in running at all. There was growth. Oh, was yeah. Good. There was nothing really designed there. Total growth there. I get all that stuff. But NC State's offense still has some limitations. You still have sure. one dynamic playmaker in Casey Concepcion. Casey Concepcion. However, offensive line is still a bit of an issue. Running game has been very, very spotty at this point. You do have... Uh, you do have some bright spots in the fact that you got Dylan McMahon back on the offensive line. That was so huge. That's big for them. But I do think that NC State, to their credit, has a motor, regardless of how the season might go. They have a motor, and that motor is Peyton Wilson, by the way. Yes. Peyton Wilson is not going to be your ACC player of the year, but Peyton Wilson is probably going to pick up some votes if people have been watching NC State and they've been seeing how he only has one mode and one mode only. <laughs> Every and play, it man. is on. It is on <laughs> all the time. Play. And apparently that mode continues even in the post game, where he took, by the way, this was not a question. He took time right. to go back to the podium during the Zoom teleconference. Our friends over at Wolfpack Central pulled this video, and he had this to say about a sequence that had Brennan Armstrong in a goal line package that did not go well, and fans were not feeling it, so they booed. And here's what Peyton Wilson had to say about it. Well, I love Wolfpack Nation to death. Do not get me wrong. I love them to death. They are the best fans in the country, and I love MJ to death, and he played some of the best ball from a quarterback that I've seen at this school today. But we got to stop booing Brennan. He is a hard nose. He is a great person. Um, just imagine if that was your kid, you know, out there on that field in front of 70,000. You know, let's get behind him, Wolfpack Nation, when he's in there. He's a good-hearted kid. I mean, loves God. I mean, he does nothing but pat everybody on the back and play hard for us every single day. So continue to uplift him, Wolfpack Nation. I love you all. All right, so that's Peyton Wilson after the game. I'll say this, Joe. I interpreted the boos last week against Louisville as directed at the coaching. Yes. I interpreted the boos this weekend where they brought Brennan Armstrong in towards the coaching. Like, what are you doing? Even though I understood what Dave was trying to do and Robert and I was trying to do, bringing Brennan Armstrong into the game because he is a runner. Yeah. The plays were... Curious to say the least, but whatever. Understood what he was trying to do, but also understanding that Dave Dorn is tempting the fans to get disgruntled because it's like, wait a minute. After all this, you bring MJ in. Why are you taking him out? Let him be in these situations if he's your future. But it does not matter what I think. It does not matter what I interpret in the situation. And I can understand where fans are coming from by booing because booing is the only thing you really have as a fan to voice your displeasure in a situation. However, if Peyton Wilson and the team view the boos as directed at Brennan Armstrong, I'm not going to argue against that. That is their view. That's the view that ultimately matters because we're not the ones playing the games. That's how they interpret it. That's how you should probably interpret it too. Maybe people should back off a little bit. Sure. A couple of things. I, I love uh, Peyton sticking up for his teammate. Yeah. Number one. Um, <laughs> number two. I learned this because, quite frankly, NC State struggles with messaging sometimes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dude. And, <laughs> but, but here's something I learned. Here's something I learned. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't learn this until, believe it or not, I didn't learn this until like 2015. And that is, I would go back and watch the games. And you have to listen to the announcers when you're watching the games. Oh, yeah. Because what happens used to be Dave would have a press conference every Monday where you went and you were in person. And for 
however many years I would sit in the front, I would ask every meaningful question, every difficult question in the press conference. Mm -hmm. I would be doing the work of everyone else in the room, quite humbly. Okay. Okay. You're not getting an argument from me on that. So that was my job. And you have a push and pull there. And Mm -hmm. some and I'm not, this is not personal. This is just how NC State handled it. And I realize when you ask questions and you make people upset, they're not necessarily willing to share information with you. Okay. That's, that's how the game is played sometimes, but the people that they are willing to share with are the TV people Mm -hmm. and they meet with the TV people usually on Friday. Okay. And now I learned in 2015 to listen to what the TV people say. Because they'll get injury information, they'll get personnel information. You just figured that out in 2015. Yep, it took me that long. Okay, I I never went and watched the games. I never went back and watched the games because oh, okay. because my my huge ego was so, uh, well, I watched the game. I get it. What what okay. is even West Durham, who you obviously you know, I am friends with, have tremendous respect for. West, I was going like, to say, I'm like, what is, is what does West, West know about NC State that I don't? Yeah, that's West me is, being you know yeah. having a giant ego. I get it now. So now it. in 15, I'm watching a game, and I'm go- it was Chris Fowler, and I'm sitting here going, "Holy shit!" They told Chris Fowler a bunch of stuff, didn't they? <laughs> so I bring all of this up. Because Evan Lepler, if you watch, shouts to Evan, he's a fan of ours. If you watch, when you go back and watch this game and shouts to the CW because the big blocks of the first quarter were blacked out. Yeah, I know. Something was going on there. If you watch, Evan says the big story today is that MJ Mars is the quarterback switch. But there is a personnel package for Brendan Armstrong. He says it in the preamble to the game. Yeah. That they're going to use. He's like, keep an eye on. If they get near the goal line, they're going to bring Brendan Armstrong in. And I'm like, yeah. Well, obviously, he got that from Dave. Yeah. I don't think it was Robert and I. I don't think Robert and I meets with anybody. No, he's not going to do that. So I'm sitting here going, okay. Now because they- remember, every time he spends with you is one less, one less minute. minute where which is spent- cool. Which is fine. Uh, but I'm sitting here going, oh, okay. They already they knew this was going to happen. Now, re-watching it as I get to the point where they bring Armstrong in, here's where I would just be. I would have issues with what they tried to do. Mm -hmm. That needs to be locked and loaded. That needs to be, Hey, you go to Brennan, who's a 60 year guy. And you say, Hey man, we're going to switch to, we're going to switch to MJ. Here's how I want to use you going forward. And it might even be, here's five plays. Here are five plays. When we put you in, these are the five plays we're going to run. And you're going to run them better than anybody in the history of the world. I just saw Tom Brady on one of these Tom talks Mm -hmm. say when he was the fourth string with the Patriots, he he would only get one rep in practice and he would try to make that one rep the best possible rep that he could be. Then he would get two reps and he would get five reps. Like that's the speech you give to Brendan Armstrong. I'm giving you five plays run these things. Like your life depends on it. Like your mother's life depends on it. Mm -hmm. They put him in the game in that situation, which I think is why the fans were booing. Because you're getting a little cute. The game was not in hand. Totally agree. Okay. They come in. The the run, the first play was a running play. Fine. The second play was supposed to be a bootleg. Because remember, Brendan Armstrong's lefty. So he's supposed to boot and come to the corner, have an option of either dumping it like a a little lollipop to either the tight end or one of the backs in the back of the end zone by himself, or he walks that thing into the end zone. It's actually a really well-designed play. That doesn't work if you don't have the right personnel in the game. Because mm-hmm. remember, he he. If you go back and watch it, 
He play fakes to no one. Nope, to nobody, right. Okay? Yes. So my point here is, in practice, you go to the guy, the sixth-year guy. These are your plays. This is your package. Be ready. When we pop this thing, people are going to F and love you. Mm-hmm. It can't be a fire drill, which is what it was. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is a failure by Dave, a failure by an eye. You can't have a plan and not be ready. That's the whole point of the plan is to be ready. You can't tell the TV guy, here's what we're going to do, and then get to the point and piss down your leg. Mm-hmm. Because you're putting, the, you're putting the player in a bad position, not just yourself. Because I think you're right. I think the fans were booing Dave. Yes. I don't think they were booing the player. To your point, though, if that's how the players interpret that, that's all that really matters. That's all that matters. And also, to don't get, get me started on, to on get, goal line packages and coaching. And I get it. They probably went over there. If they could talk to me right now, which they never would, they would say to me, Julio, we went over this in practice every single day. It's not my problem. It's not, I can't, I can't only lead them to the water. I can't make them drink it. Yeah. But if you, again, go back and watch the game, you see a nigh. He's yelling at somebody. Look like 2J. He was just, he's, you know, like the personnel package wasn't right. Mm-hmm. That should never, this is, you want to get mad at Marcus Freeman who can't count to 10 because his personnel package wasn't there. That's go. this situation that NC state was in. Well, I think Marcus Freeman has other things to worry about after this, weekend, <laughs> which we'll get to in a second. Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by wings over. Check them out. Wings over Raleigh, wings over Chapel Hill, wings over Greenville, wings over Raleigh. Open for lunch, by the way. Now open for lunch. Let's get hype. We're very excited. I about went yesterday. That. I got 50 wings. You know me. Got the hot. Got I, the sweet chili. I got a. I, I got the re up. By the way, so I'm excited about it's this. Beginning of the month. Always so a good thing. I get, always, shout, a good, always a good thing to get the uh, re up on the wings. <laughs> so shouts, shouts to Ryan's dad, Rob. Yeah, who I've played golf with like three or four times. Yeah, unbeknownst to me, I knew I knew him as Boston Rob because every you know like you meet a guy like hey mm-hmm. and he's got this crazy accent and you're like oh. And, and it's like, where are you from in, in Massachusetts? Or where are you from in uh, New England, in Connecticut? And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, got it. Uh, I had no idea that was Ryan's dad. That's funny. Until Friday. Small world. And then I was like, that's small world, man. And then Ryan, and Rob's looking at me like, we've played golf together? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they had fun, though. I think that was uh, the whole point. But go. I, I ordered online. Yeah. Always order online. Park for free. Picked it up. They had, actually Ryan had the games on both games mm-hmm. on uh, NFL games on yesterday. I, I, I could have just stood just there and hung out, got a little high on the supply right there. But no, took him back home. Would have been nap time for you. Man. You know, you know this. You know this. <laughs> but uh, I love the sweet you. chili. Love the hot wings. So go wingsover.com, Order those things. Go over there, right there in Hillsborough Street. Free parking. Pick them up. You're on your way. Over to Chapel Hill, where there is a Wings Over, and you can. Go celebrate because I don't Same see thing. I don't see North Carolina losing anytime soon. So you can start celebrating a lot of Saturdays going forward with wings over North Carolina. I was nitpicky at first. And the reason why I was nitpicky at the beginning of the season with the Tar Heels was simply out of I see it all there. If they can put it together, the Tar Heels are going to be scary and coming off the bye, which is really easy to come out sluggish, they probably played their most complete game of the season against the team they should have done that against. Shout out to Brent Axe, who is essentially doing what we're doing yeah. now up at Syracuse. Really good dude. has been doing this for a long time. It's been around for a lot of shitty Syracuse football. <laughs> a lot of shitty Syracuse Some hazard pay there. Straight up said, Syracuse was not prepared for this game. They, were just, they brought nothing, zero to the table. 
I agree with him. And Syracuse is going through it right now and injuries can start to pile up over. And that's what's going on with the orange. However, I do think that the opposing team can have a lot to do with you. No showing like Syracuse did. And that's where I'm getting with North Carolina. That is a complete team where Drake may with the addition of Tez Walker, which we'll talk about a little bit later with attorney general, Josh Stein on this program with Tez Walker, you're just giving him more weapons on an offense that was already starting to come into its own. We knew there was going to be a growth curve for Chip Lindsay, the offensive coordinator, Drake May, and new skill position players that he was going to be throwing to. It's not every day that you have a Josh Downs who was your safety blanket. Mm-hmm. However, now it's starting to come to fruition. But the biggest improvement for the Tar Heels is that the defense actually looks competent. The defense does not look like a unit that is going to have a catastrophic play and is going to completely change the tenor of the game. You got to remember that last year, as much as North Carolina's offense was starting to get stagnant down the line and Drake may had some intercepts. She wasn't as crisp as you saw at the beginning of the season, the defense while better at the end of the season and the coaching staff would tell you they still had catastrophic plays that could change the tenor of the game. I was just never in the right place. That was just an alignment coaching issue. They have not, looked like the same unit. I saw the stat, I think it was at Inside Carolina, pointing out that they only had like six missed tackles in this game. That's big for this group. I don't want to be like, you know, trying to pat them on the head and treat them a little bit differently with kid gloves. No, we've been begging North Carolina to just be competent on defense and see how everything can fall into place. And here you are with the Tar Heels. They look really good. And we've now opened ourselves into a situation because of this new 355 scheduling, Joe, Without divisions, not everybody plays each other. And the tiebreaker is going to be interesting sure. because Florida State, Louisville, and North Carolina do, do not, not play play each other at all, which <laughs> now, is wild. Now, Louisville, that's the reason why there were so many people that were high on Louisville yeah, in I had, this offseason. I had Louisville in the ACC championship. Because game. the schedule is really conducive for them to be in position to play in the ACC championship game. But you just have to go out and do it. Louisville, which almost lost NC State last Friday, should have lost NC State. Should have lost NC State last Friday. Put the work in on Notre Dame this weekend. So now I don't know what to make of the Cardinals. Beat Notre going Dame forward. at their own game, Dude, no less. It was running the football, jamming impressive. it down their throat. Super impressive. Just getting back to the heels here for a second. Yeah, they have now. Let's look at their final seven games, and you go, they could win all of them. Yeah. And I look at them and I go, which ones could they even actually lose? I do think there are four Duke. I do think there are four that they could lose. I think Miami this week, believe it or not, Miami is the most Miami is the most talented team that's left on their schedule. So I'm just <laughs> sometimes you got to remember people are absolutely going to take a dump on Miami this entire week. They, and it's deserved. I, it, it really is. Okay. I get that. Okay. I get that. Okay. That's a talented team though. That is a team that's going to come in here with a purpose. So they clear this. Virginia, they're going to beat Virginia so badly, so badly. They, they'll they'll score 70 points on Virginia mm-hmm. without even trying. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech's gotten them the last two years. That is a team, that is a game they could lose. A traditionally difficult place for, tor- Georgia, for the Tech, Tar Heels to Georgia play. Georgia Tech now who's going to be feeling it. Yes. Okay? Yes. And probably get work the next two weeks, and people will be down on Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. and then they'll feel great about themselves when they play the Tar Heels. That's a dangerous game. Duke should be a fun game. We're going to have tickets to give away to that game, thanks to our friends at UNC Football. And then they go to Clemson 
where Clemson, I'm just going to say it, Clemson's got one fuck you, we're still Clemson game left in them. It wasn't the Florida State and game it might that they been. lost? It might have been. Are you sure? But not that late in the season. You got to remember, they have no ACC championship to play for. They have no college football playoff okay. to play for. All right. That could very well be a hold on, hold on. All right. You thought we were kind of like when State went down there last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, you thought we were dead? No. Oh, you thought you thought we were just leaving? You thought you could just have this? No. Right? But Carolina is Carolina's talent is here. Clemson's talent's here. Yeah, man. Okay? Yeah, man. So they have seven games left, and they could absolutely win. I expect them to win all seven games. Had this conversation again at the tailgate on Saturday at State, where a guy, uh, I think he was 50 years old, he said, man, I've never seen NC State win the ACC title in my lifetime. And I was like, well, you were alive in 79. You just don't remember it. <laughs> he was like, but you were alive. And then his buddy was like, well, yeah, and the only good thing is, the only other good thing about that is that Carolina hasn't won it since 80. And I'm like, well, well about, that. about that. Yeah, about they, that. They're in the same spot State was at the beginning of last year, which was there are very few seasons where State, Carolina, or, or Duke go into the year and you go, you know what? You have as good of a chance as anyone else yeah. in this league to win the ACC championship. That is the position that North Carolina is in right now with seven games left on their schedule. This is the same team that stumbled at home against Georgia Tech last year. This is the same team that lost to NC State's and Ben Finley but last, last year. year. But last year was a continuation of what we've seen at a North Carolina in Mac Brown 2.0, a team that couldn't get right. Sure. A team that would take on too many penalties, extend drives for the opposing team. We haven't really seen that. And the confidence continues to grow as they've won games differently. Coming out of the break and playing your most complete game to me is just a sign that they're about to take off going forward. And I'm sure they've got Miami. You, we talk about Georgia Tech as a team that traditionally gives the Tar Heels trouble. Yes. You know who gives Miami traditionally oh, the a hell of a lot of trouble? The Heels. In Chapel Hill, get no less, at night. Yeah. Zero no, dark just, 30, never saying, forget. I know, but no, Miami won that game. But did Miami win that? Wait, <laughs> it's I like the it only zero. time Miami's ever won a game no, was wait, the zero dark 30 game. Was that the game? Yes. That's Man, the one where Larry screwed up the oh, clock. That's right. Should have called a timeout. Didn't call a that's timeout. Right. Then had a penalty. I'll take that out and post edit. I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna take that out, post edit. <laughs> no, literally, like that's like the only home right. game You're right. that Carolina has lost to Miami was that's the Zero right. Dark Thirty game. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm getting that one confused. I remember. I remember a Halloween night it's, that they did that. But anyway, it's all in front of the heels. So what's it's the all in front of them? What is, oh what, man, the tiebreaker. Tie I wrote about this for Saturday Road. The so, all right, so, so all right. So here's where we are. We have. Undefeated Florida State, undefeated Louisville, undefeated Miami, or undefeated UNC. Sure, but they're what two and zero in the league or three and zero in the league? It does I mean? But again, we look at their schedules and we look at I know, situations but, where you're like, I don't see them losing because they don't play each okay, other. Louisville, Florida State are three and zero in the league, meaning they have five games left. I I, I fully expect Florida State to get there at eight and zero. Okay, I'll, I'll put that out there. All right, the tiebreak for three or more teams. You're gonna love this. Okay, you ready? Yeah, it's from the ACC. The combined head-to-head win percentage among tied teams, if they are all common opponents, well, they're, they're not common opponents. We'll throw that one away. Now here's one. If they're all not common opponents, the team that tied defeated each of the other teams. That could act. Now, since they don't play each other, you're sitting here going, well, that doesn't matter, except Duke actually plays all of them. So Duke. Duke's the key. Duke could, (laughs) by number two, beat them all and lose another game and somehow win a tiebreaker with one loss. Here's here's an interesting one. Win percentage among against common opponents. 
Well, common opponents, FSU, UNC, Louisville, Duke, Miami, and Pitt. That's it. So if, so now you're going, well, well, surely they'll all beat Duke, Miami, and Pitt, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. Let's go now win percentage against common opponents based on order of finish. Well, it doesn't matter. If they all beat their common opponents, it doesn't matter. And now we get to the probable answer. Combined win percentage of conference opponents. Ah. That's where Louisville's horseshit schedule will be used against them. That's where Carolina playing Clemson will help them. That's why if you're a Carolina fan right now, you start rooting for the Wolfpack right now. (laughs) Because they're going to help you. You start rooting for Duke right now. Because you want those wins to mean something. Being the sickos that we are, though, of course. Yeah. The sixth tiebreak, Joe, did you know this? I've No, I did not. The team with the highest analytical rating per sports source analytics at the end Who's of the regular that? season. Who's that? I have no idea. You wanted to give me a Bill Conley S&P Plus. You want to give me a college football playoff My ranking. guess is Fish Baits paid sports source. So there you go. <laughs> Why can't it be your yellow pass And then let's get to a Steve Wiseman AP Top 25 <laughs> vote. And then let's get to the last one, which is always going to be my favorite. And every time I ask the conference office, how will this actually work? Yeah. They never give me an answer. They always say the same thing. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Chosen by a draw. Chosen by a draw. You want ACC network programming? That's you it. You want the content? That's it. Put the names. David Stern, freeze the envelope. Put that thing in the in the spinning machine. That's what we need. Oh, man. That's what we need. Once again, big thanks to everybody who participated in the OG Golf Classic. We're going to do it again, right? <laughs> it was easy for me. I just I was posted up just outside your parents' house, <laughs> serving up Sierra Nevada. Oh, Catherine. Turned, great, great. Turned, Thank you, Catherine. Turned a lot of people on to Hop Splash, which yeah. is non-alcoholic sparkling water that's infused. infused. You know who's a big fan of it? My wife. Yeah, Jess was all about it because she was like, well, even non-alcoholic beer doesn't really work for me, XYZ. I'm like, this has... No nothing. grain, nothing. It's just flavored by hops. Hop, just a flower. So here we go. She was all about it. So it was a lot of fun. Those cups, those Sierra Nevada yeah, reusable. reusable cups, the aluminum ones. We need to start giving some of those away. Those are amazing. I think I have a few. I think I have some too. I think I have a few. I'll trade you some from my uh, my old school's back. I don't know how you ended up with the snacks. Oh, I we those have been donated to the Enlo band. No. What are we doing? What? Just write it off. <sighs> Can we just write it off? Why did you think I bought it? I was writing it off for the Jilly. Okay, well, I still have I still have <laughs> snacks. I'll bring you back a box. No, 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 no. no. no I think now the, only, the band gets it. It's no, the only thing I'm pretty sure the only thing the Enlo marching snacks, band man. got were the gummies. Were the yeah, those old schools the, the 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 fruit snacks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring back all the granola. Bars. You're like you can have those granola bars. No, I love granola bars. You can have them. No, it's, or the band can have them. It's they, they got to be nourished and ready to go. This is true. They got a band competition coming up in I, Orlando. I saw some pictures. Yeah, that that was good. No, the the golf tournament was great. It worked out really well. Big thanks again to uh, Rocco and Todd at Eagle Ridge Tavern on the Green. Uh, food was great. And Todd did a great job with the course. And I think people were really happy with the format. The one yeah. club challenge. You were there on the, the 12th tee with, yeah, the, uh, with the, the tee off with a putter. That was fun. That was cool. cool. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Uh, we are not done with the oh, fun. I, like and fr- I don't have the cup. Right 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 there. <laughs> We're not done with the fun and frivolity. We're also going to be out at breeze through. Uh, Adam was out at the golf, uh, golf tournament. We're going to be at breeze through on Wednesday, Wednesday, the opener for the season opener, Carolina hurricanes. The plan right now is to do the show live at two o'clock from the beer fridge. Okay. Live at two o'clock from the beer fridge. We have some OG t-shirts. 
Positive Vibes Only, the yes. yellow version that we will have there if you just want to drop on by and get some goodies. I think we have some koozies that are left over as well. Mm-hmm. So that should be a lot of fun. And be on the lookout. Oh, I found the stickers too from the kickoff. Oh, you did? Yeah, I have. Okay, well, then we'll hand I it. have these stickers. Okay, we can hand those out too. Uh, and speaking of giveaways, we'll have a, f- we're going to be giving out a Bad for Ratings hoodie this week. Ooh. Check out OG Triangle Media on Instagram. We're going to have uh, your way to win one of those, whatever size you are, because we're just going to order it straight up. I don't have one sitting in a box. Just, are you a large? Got you. You a triple XL? Got you. So you custom order it. We'll send you the hoodie. And we also have a Seth Jarvis mixtape that will have a fun Ooh. way of giving away. The way I'm kind of workshopping this right now, Joe, is that you tag us whoa, on Instagram. Whoa, 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 whoa. You tag us on Instagram. You're not explaining the mixtape. It's signed. It's signed by Seth signed, Jarvis. So it's autographed. So it's an autographed, playable mixtape from Seth Jarvis. He put the playlist together. And I feel like we're going to have to have people tag us on Instagram with proof they have, an, they have a way to play this. You got an old beater vehicle with a tape deck in it that still plays tapes. Front of the line, storm tracker. What are they? Geo storm? Geo, yeah, geo tracker. Tracker. Which that's another. That's a story for another day. <laughs> that's that's a tales of radio past that we may or may not get into at some point in time, or maybe we just take the Do idea ourselves. ourselves and put that on. You want to know G Mobile, right? Mm-hmm. Let's find that geo tracker, baby. Uh, podcast. We got a bunch of them. Check out Young Gun. New episode will be dropping tomorrow. Thanks to Dimitri Ravanos and Lauren Brownlow. And you got the Broadsides, new podcast produced by our friends over at WUNC, North Carolina's public radio. And this is hosted by Anissa Khalifa, award-winning podcast producer. And it tells stories, history, pop culture stories that are rooted in the American South. And each week, the show goes beyond the headlines and explores a single topic impacting the region. So go ahead, follow and listen to new episodes of The Broadside every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. It's your source for Carolina news and culture stories that might not be on the front page, but definitely deserve a deeper look. And it's all there. Thanks to our friends over at WUNC. Again, the broadside every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to Matt Davis over at State Farm. Matt was over at the OG Golf Classic. You can give him a call. InsureGarner.com is the website. TheOGInsurance.com as well. 919-779-8277. Matt's got the ring of fire coming up in his neighborhood in his cul-de-sac. You're, we're there. Ring of fire? Yeah. What do you What do you mean? It's a chili contest. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm in. I'm intrigued. And Bud's, Bud's group will be there too. Okay. Antique Outlaws. Mm-hmm. Bud was a winner on the uh, OG mixtape. Very excited about yeah. that. No, it's really cool. Very uh, excited for real, that. go to theoginsurance.com and save yourself some money. Give yourself a chance, man. Figure out what you don't know. Also, big thanks to Homefield. Check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 to save 15% off your order. Uh, with Homefield, you got all sorts of cool throwback-inspired designs put on really, really comfortable T-shirts. They dropped the new Campbell University collection on Friday. So if you've been on the fence, you're a Campbell grad that's listening to this, again, go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code OG23. Spent a lot of time talking about NC State. We spent a lot of time talking about North Carolina. Do you want to do some premature evaluations, Joe? Yes. All right, we've put it off long enough. Let's go ahead and start. 
with Miami being absolutely stupid. Oh man. Mario Cristobal, buddy, what are you doing? You had, so here's a situation. If you haven't, if you've been living under a rock and you haven't seen Miami ripped this entire weekend for what happened late on Saturday night, I flipped it over because I was surprised that Miami, a team that I literally on Thursday said, here's a team that nobody's talking about, which is interesting considering they've got a good win against Texas A&M. They're part of the ACC race. They look like they're winning up front, which is something that was really, really bad for them last year. And Tyler Van Dyke has excelled with them being really good up front, suddenly stuck in the mud against the Yellow Jackets. But they scored, I think it was 10 unanswered points or 17 unanswered points to take the lead in that game. And all they had to do was take a knee. That's all they had to do. And really, a lot of credit goes to West Durham and Tim Hasselbeck, who had the call on the ACC network that night. Here is, uh, let's see if I can, where where did my, uh, where the heck did did my, oh, no, I don't have the video. I should just have the audio of it. Here is, uh, here, here is uh, West Durham. And Tim Hasselbeck, and credit to Tim, because typically you can kind of try to see the the right side of things or what are they doing or just kind of gloss over it. Hasselbeck was in real time, in real time, (laughs) immediately on it, ripping Mario Cristobal. Here's Cheney, the straight ahead tackled and the ball popped out. I got to read the clock. I mean, read the card. I mean, to me, Georgia Tech has it with 26 seconds left. Kyle Kennard comes up with the fumble. You should not be running the football. I mean, it, it is. you should be taking a knee. As soon as you got that first down, they used that last time out. As long as you milk it all the way down, you don't need to be doing this, and you certainly don't need to be fighting for extra yards. Now, was Cheney Jr. down? Maybe. I, I can make the argument that it wasn't a fumble, that he actually was down before the ball got coughed up. But you know what? I don't care. It's the classic phrase. You play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. You deserve to have the call go against you when you do something as mind-bogglingly dumb, galaxy brain as Mario Cristobal did on Saturday night for the Hurricanes. But the wildest part, Joe, is that this is not the first time he's done it. He's been burned by this before. I think it was 2018. He did the same damn thing. I don't know about you, but I've been burned by that situation. I want to make sure that I never find myself in a position where I can ice the game and not overthink it and go, you know what? They don't have any timeouts. All we got to do is milk the clock all the way down to the end on fourth down because it was third and 10. You take those two downs and you're done. But no, 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 no. I want to run the ball. My dad, I saw my dad at uh, Wake uh, Wake Forest at the factory yesterday. Jacob had a hockey game yesterday morning. And I looked at my dad and I just shook my head. My dad knew exactly why I was shaking my head because I hadn't talked to him. And he just looked at me and goes, Stupido. He was cursing in Spanish. That's how mad he was. At my, and my mom was incensed. She's like, I'm done. I'm just done. They're every time they do this, every single time, every single time they do Miami, this. Miami's definitely beating Carolina if your dad's done. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably what's going to be the case. But anyway, that was that was, that's what happened. And then uh, the Georgia Tech radio call is an all timer as because that's the thing. The game wasn't over. Georgia right. Tech still has to go score. There's no timeouts. They get two 26 plays, seconds. Two play. Two plays. And on the final play, Miami has an even larger <sighs> brain fart finding a wide open Georgia Tech wide receiver. Looking. 
Five seconds to go. He will toss it into the end zone at the five. Larry into the end zone. Touchdown, Jackets. Touchdown, Jackets. One second left. Question, Larry. What did we just witness? Throwing downfield to Christian Leary, who got behind the defense at the five. And it's 23 to 20, Jackets. I see it, and I still don't believe it. I do, because it's Miami, and Miami does dumb things, Joe. Yeah, it, the defense could have bailed could've. Cristobal out. You know what's crazy to me? But maybe, maybe the defense was just like, nah. No, nah, that's on you. Let's continue the streak of Joe tells when he played football stories. When I was in eighth grade, I actually played. When I was in, no, it's, this is a good story. Okay. In eighth grade, I, our the best player on our team, his name was Eon Hugh. All right. Okay. Eon went on to be the leading rusher in Harvard history. He was contemporaries with Trip Tracy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eon was, as you could imagine, Eon was pretty effing good in eighth grade. Right? Sure. So the very first practice that we have, do you know what we did? Our coach. Hey, man. Guys, we're going to be good this year. For Very first practice, what, what did we work on? Very first play we ever worked on was a victory formation. Mm-hmm. This is how we win the football game. This is how we're going to end every football game this year. We're going to take a snap. We're going to take a knee. You're going to hand the ball to the official, and we're going to walk out of here with a win because I love, I love it. victory formation. Manifesting. Mario Cristobal, if you go back and look at the play scripts, Mm -hmm. he never takes a knee. They always run the clock out by running the football. Like, it's the year of our Lord, 2023, and he doesn't understand (sighs) that when there's 33 seconds on the clock, if it's 33 here Mm -hmm. and the play clock is 40, Mm -hmm. like he, it, it, it was like, it was like somebody inventing flying. Like if so, it was like the Wright brothers never existed and you went to him and he said, well, I have to get to California. So I have to leave now because I got to drive. No, no, <laughs> you can just get on an airplane and be there in four hours. <laughs> like what? It's because I think it might've been Dan Wolken who went back and he looked at the game scripts from every game. Never done. And it. they all, they keep running. They don't take a knee. It's not something that they do. I don't look, man. I don't want to Joe. the very first practice of eighth grade. Plus we're getting in victory formation. Cubans are stubborn. 1991 Cuban, no. Cubans are stubborn. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that simple. The Cubans are stuck <laughs> because this idea that you've been doing it for this long and you've never decided to get with the times or update or whatever it is, is very much speaks to me dealing with my dad or other old Cubans sure. in my life. And, you know, I don't know. I guess the whole thing, I guess the whole thing to me is it's like my dad with a landline, right? They still have one. Okay. Yeah. Why, why? Why do you still have that? I finally talked my parents out of it because of all the spam. And or, the, and or, the, or the text that I have with my brother related to why does dad keep doing it this way when there's an easier way to do it? And my dad always says, well, that's how I've always wait done a second. it. Mario Cristobal is doesn't matter. Is he Ari? No, he's no, a little he's bit older than us. He's, old, he's older than us. He's 53. Okay. He's 53. Doesn't matter. 53. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Should still be fairly malleable. It doesn't matter. <laughs> nope. Doesn't matter. I think it's just an old Cuban stubborn guy thing, man. Because what okay. he did with not taking the victory formation and insisting on running the ball is like the equivalent of my dad insisting, no, 
we're going to travel this way because this is how I've always traveled. The, the triptych. I still have a AAA <laughs> triptych. I don't care if the exits have changed and things have been upgraded. I know I have an app on my phone. You know, he still has my mom. You know what? You know, he has my mom read out Google directions for him. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> he won't just plug the phone in. <laughs> You gotta, yeah. wait, you gotta wait. You have you a know certain what? way you do things, and you have certain, but that's driving. That's it's not now. trying to win football games. And also, I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think your dad makes eight million dollars a year. No, either. he doesn't do that. But again, I'm just getting like I'm getting vibes. That's okay. all. I'm just getting vibes. It's the equivalent. You know, my dad and and Google Maps not really being compatible. You know, he will yell out. I'm not making this up, by the way. Anybody who's known my father or hearing me talk about my dad for a very long time knows I'm being absolutely serious when I say my dad will shout, "Distance to target." while we're on the highway rather than okay exit 53 oh, oh, oh. i'm on exit 73 so therefore i'm about 20 miles away from where i need to be no 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 no. he'll just randomly out distance to target <laughs> and then my mom will go oh you're you know 20 miles away why is Miami still ranked? Great freaking question. They were number 17. Why are they still Great, ranked? great freaking question. Well, Miami is back. Because what Miami did on Saturday is very much a modern era Miami back. You know who else is back? Quote, unquote. Texas, baby. Hook'em. Texas is back. By the way, I love how Greg Sankey showed up to the Red River yes. shootout to be like, ah, now it just means they're, more. They're both ours. <laughs> He gets a win either way. He's getting careful. It's just—it's like an anthropological <laughs> study. Ah, let me see what your culture is about before we take it over and make it our culture. Gentrification is real, <laughs> folks. SEC gentrification. But here we are. Yeah, I mean, look, we all knew this was going to play out. We're a couple of weeks away from the college football playoff. There's a lot of undefeated teams. We talked about this last week. Some things were going to take care of themselves. And sure, sure enough, Texas you know, having the loss against Oklahoma is another example of that, Joe. USC, all of these teams, Miami, USC, Texas, they all thought they were back. Yeah, right. They're not. No, they're absolutely not back. Ohio State continues to do Ohio State things. Ohio State plays with its food. The Ryan Day sequence of events is very, very predictable at this point. They screw around for a half and then they eventually break away. Oh, we have Marvin Harrison on our team. Funny, funny how that works. There's no reason. I know there was the jokes online. The sickos football people are like Maryland. October is here. (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of like the shutdown full cast people who always talk about the pit super weapon. At some point, the pit super weapon is going to activate and ruin your season. So Maryland, October, maybe that was going to be the case. At least it looked that way for a half. I know Steve Wiseman, who's an AP top 25 voters, getting some hate email from Ohio State fans because In his defense, Ohio State has not looked dominant. They just haven't. I know Michigan is the team that you keep harping on. Ohio State's just kind of messing around. They were fortunate to beat Notre Dame, and they played around with their food against Maryland. And yeah, if you're going to judge these teams based on what they've done and how they look, I don't see how you could come away watching Ohio State and think they're one of the best teams in the country. I I just don't see it. Yeah, and the Big Ten continues to confound me with however many teams they have that are actually good. Yeah. I mean, Michigan and Penn State. I'll give Penn State credit this year. Okay, that's fair. Jets won their Super Bowl in the most contrived (laughs) afternoon drama of the weekend, folks. It's funny. The the Jets and the Broncos were relegated to a very small portion of the country in the late afternoon window because everybody wanted to watch Kansas City and Minnesota. I think the reason why Kansas City got flexed in this game against Minnesota, yes, it's Kansas City. 
But just in case Taylor Swift showed up, yep. Taylor Swift did not show up. So people were spared another week of discourse re- regarding Taylor's version of the NFL. But on the small window of games and uh, to watch the Jets and the, and the Broncos, it was positioned as this Nathaniel Hackett bowl. Right. And the whoever won this atrocious game between two bad teams that are not going to be making the playoffs. This was their Super Bowl. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is out there tweeting through it. The Jets social media used the um, Kevin James Photoshop of he was supposed to be Sean Payton in this movie. So they photoshopped the movie clip where he's a Saints coach into a Broncos coach. And it's like that feeling when you lose to the offseason champ. Look, I'm I'm completely here for Sean Payton getting dunked on because the shine is off his coaching genius. He cannot fix the Broncos. As much as it might be about Russell Wilson, that defense is atrocious. It's been atrocious. But goodness gracious, the way the Jets went about this for Nathaniel Hackett, as though he wasn't a bad coach for the Denver Broncos, is hilarious to me. Hilarious to me. But congratulations on your Super Bowl, Jets. That's the highest you and I get for them. You and I disagree on this. Oh. He should not have run his mouth. Okay. John Payton should not have run his mouth the way that he did. That's fine. That's um, fine. Yeah, it's it's over for yes. us. And it'll be interesting to see how long Sean Payton stays there. Cause I don't know how they get out of Russ because he's not going to retire. I agree. And they owe him a bunch of money and they yep. gave up a bunch of assets to get him. So we'll see. It's done for Bill Belichick, right? That was pretty embarrassing. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. I-, I thought they would bounce this week, mm-hmm. but this reminds me of Kevin Keats. This does. Did it- Hold on just one second. I'm going to get there for okay. you. Okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I feel like let's, let's just end premature evaluations right here because I, I was thrown off by the Kevin Keats reference. Please, All please right. give it to me. Give it to Let me. Let me get the right ear for you. <laughs> give it we're to now going to get the whole story. <laughs> While you're looking that up and I start setting up our Panther segment, please explain how Kevin Keats is tied into your Bill Belichick take. Let me get the whole story here. <laughs> All right. In 2019. Mm-hmm. NC State lost to Wisconsin on the road, right? Mm -hmm. 79, 75. Wisconsin made the NCAA tournament that year because Brad Davison flopped like a little baby. And ESPN celebrated it with a a super clip of his six charges or five charges. And the the official NCAA Twitter account put it out there, too. Of, Of which, like, one was an actual foul on NC State. Hilarious. So the very next year, NC State played Wisconsin. Yeah. And they, had, they got a chance to play them in Raleigh. And I said to Kevin, I said, well, I'm sure your guys are like fired up. Like, if you think about it, you know, losing that game to Wisconsin is the reason you didn't make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So now you get it. And I said, and they made this big deal about Brad Davison and his great defense. I said, I'm sure your guys are like, you know, chomping at the bit to get another shot at Brad Davison. And he was like, they don't even know who Brad Davison is. <laughs> He goes, I don't, he goes, you don't get it. He goes, this generation, he goes, that's the way that you think. That's the way that I think. Yeah. He goes, you know, used to be, you know, you remember things and you, you, you had a long memory, right? He's like, this generation, he goes, they care about what happened last week. They care about what's going on today. They care about what they ate for dinner last night, what mm-hmm. they're going to do tomorrow. He's like, they don't, their attention span is just totally different. He's like, they're, they're wired in a totally different way. This generation is wired in a totally different way than, than ours is. Yeah. And I just, I was just like, for real? I'm like, I'm ready to go punch Brad Davison for you. He's like, that's not what they care about. I said, okay. 
So now here I am watching the Patriots struggle last week and get completely and totally embarrassed by the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, surely, surely Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in the history of organized civilization is going to have his team ready to bounce back this week. And they were worse. Mm-hmm. They were somehow worse. And all I could think of was Kevin being like this generation, man, they don't react the same way. They don't have the same thoughts that we do. And I, I, I think, I think Bill Belichick is squarely in the, Oh, Oh, those, 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 all those tricks I had for Ted, Teddy Bruschi and Rodney Harrison don't quite work with this group. Beat Wisconsin that next year. (laughs) Big thanks to Breeze through for some. And would have made the NCAA tournament, if not for that pesky pandemic. (laughs) Big thanks to Breeze through for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Uh, Canes open up the season on Wednesday. Drop on by, get your tailgate gear. Drop on by, say hello to us. Two o'clock, we'll be doing the show live from breeze through and that, that beer cave has everything you need. And I, I do love the people who are hyping up the lifetime refills as well. Adam, over I don't at know breeze, if Adam, Adam, is, Adam, is Adam over at breeze through <laughs> is like, yeah, great idea. But now I'm regretting it because you guys just keep putting it out in the universe and people keep buying it up. I'm like, you'll be fine. You'll make it work. You'll be fine. I'm not too worried about that. Also big thanks to butcher's market is hanging out with Kenneth at the OG oh, golf classic. Kenneth was great. He was handing out gift certificates and all that fun stuff. Talk a lot about the Canes and some other mm-hmm. things with Kenneth. Big Canes fan. Huge, huge Canes fan. Uh, and if you want to tailgate and get that right, again, they got the meats. They got all your tailgating needs. They got the wood smoke. They got the charcoal. That's right. They got the seasoning. And of course, most importantly, they've got that case with signature steak tips, chicken, hot dogs, burgers, you name it. And of course, the sandwiches. Potato if you just want to be lazy. Oh, yeah. Potato skins are always good, too. Big, big fan of those potato skins. And every time we talk about the Carolina Panthers, it's brought to you by Graffiti. Check them out in downtown Cary. Tuesday night is break-even night. Although I don't think the Carolina Herc, the Carolina Panthers are going to break even at all. Or at least you can win at Graffiti. The Panthers <laughs> seem incapable of winning right now. What's weird is they're entering a stretch of the schedule that I didn't really envision them finding a way to win. If they were going to bank some wins, it was going to be the last couple of weeks, Minnesota Vikings being the big one. The, the Detroit Lions, Joe, are a Super Bowl contender, for heaven's sake. They, they seem to have the right pieces. They're going up against Miami this week. Have fun with that, right? <laughs> Mike McDaniel. Why'd you add Chase Claypool? I'll say it. He's fast. Good for Mike McDaniel, right? And I think the, the bigger issue for the Panthers, it's not so much that they lost to the Lions. It's that this team, objectively, five weeks into the year, is just bad. There's nothing really redeeming about this group right now. There's nothing you can really point to, even Bryce Young, and say, all right, I'm confident that with the right pieces, things can get turned around. Now, you give Bryce Young a pass because he's a rookie, and the Panthers around him are not very good. Even the most practical people, even those that that were the most cynical about the wide receiver group that the Panthers added this offseason, have to be in shock in how little they've contributed in the grand scheme this year. And the biggest bust isn't Bryce Young, by the way. The biggest bust is Frank Reich's guy, Miles Miles Sanders. Sanders has been bad. Not great. And making matters even worse is they keep turning the ball over. There have been 45 points off eight turnovers so far for the Carolina Panthers this season. Two early turnovers. A couple, you know, look, pick from Bryce Young. It is what it is. But those immediately turn into 14 points. And that game is effectively over by halftime. And the rest of it was garbage time. And I'm not really taking anything out of what I saw late in that game, Joe. Not at all. 
Yeah, Sanders had such a big year for Philly last year. And then that's where you're like, well, they have a great offensive line. They have a great quarterback. They have a great scheme. And why wouldn't it work? He'll be the featured back for the Panthers. And I know he's got a hamstring injury, but he's been dreadful. Yeah. Um, just really bad, much to the chagrin of my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back down to that, doesn't it? It really does. Here's here's where I'm at with the Panthers. And it actually ties back to uh Jonathan Boy, Jones. This is- like, what do they do, though, Joe? Well, we'll get to that Because, like, second. you start looking at who's, like... Yeah, it's bad. It's, like, it's going to be bad for a while. But I'll get to why I think it, saying, it like, goes beyond have, that. Like, trading a first-round pick is one thing. Mm-hmm. Giving up what now is looking like will be the number one overall Yeah. Pick. Well, I mean, look, we can get into the butterfly effect of what happened here in a second. But I want to bring up Jonathan Jones's report on CBS going into the game this weekend. Okay. I put some context about where the Panthers are. Okay. He poured cold, cold water all over the, they're doubling down. They're going to make a trade. They're looking for a number one ride receiver. Somebody in the building finally told JJ to get out there nationally. Yeah, we understand in order to do this, it would require capital that A, we don't have. B, we're not willing to give up even more to go get a number one wide receiver. They have cap space. These are things that you can address in the offseason. But I thought it was interesting that cap space is good. It is. It is. If you, if you get the right pieces, <laughs> if you get the right pieces, but I'm starting to wonder about this coaching staff and whether or not they're the right ones that maybe they should. And this is a recurring theme throughout the year, right? What's going on in Indianapolis yeah. puts into context what might be happening with the Panthers. Shane Steichen, young guy. That's the direction I brought up Mike McDaniel, right? You look at what's gone with Nick Sirianni. Copycat league, man. Nick Sirianni, young guy, Philly. They built around Jalen Hurts. There was a lot of questions as to whether or not he was the guy. Mm -hmm. Clearly, in that system, it's worked out. You know what Nick Sirianni did that Frank Reich seems unable to do? Gave up play calling when it wasn't working. Clearly, that's not working. And Frank Reich keeps getting asked about play calling. And he's saying, no, it's all collaborative. I'm not. Essentially, he's saying he's not giving it up. Which is why I think JJ's article about the paralysis of analysis really is coming to fruition. If you've watched the Panthers at all, you can tell they've been micromanaged. They're overthinking everything. If you listen to Frank Reich, you talk about listen to the television broadcasters. I tell you, listen to the coaches in the post game. It's not all coach speak, not all coach speak. And when you listen to Frank Reich talk, Frank sounds like a guy who's overwhelming himself with information. So when I saw JJ's article saying that they're overwhelming Bryce Young with information, with too many cooks in the kitchen, this all-star coaching staff, and that he's trying to do too much rather than getting it simplified while we're clearly seeing that play out on the football field. But I don't, to me, to make this all about Bryce Young is missing the forest from the trees. The team looks unprepared, whether it's the penalties, the procedural penalties. Penalties are bad. That's coaching. You never saw that with Wilkes in the interim down the stretch. Offensive line is a mess. And look, man, hopefully Chandler Zavala can bounce back quickly. That was a scary moment for Zavala in that game. I mentioned it earlier. Miles Sanders has been a bust. And the wide receivers have not uh, have not panned out the way that people thought they were going to do. And while, yes, Young has made his mistakes, and I can like focus on the fact that he literally looks like a teenager out there on, the, on those field-level views, I don't think it's really about him because the Panthers have not done him any favors on a variety of levels. At this point, you should let him go out there and be aggressive. Let him learn from the mistakes, not overwhelm him to the point where it's corporate vanilla. Sure. And you get and, and you end I, up with tight end, tight end screens to Ian Thomas. I, I think if he was the eighth pick, yeah, then you have a different 
you have a different way Agreed. of uh, looking at him. I the agree. problem is he was the number one overall pick. The problem is you traded DJ Moore for him. The problem is you traded the draft pick you you got for Christian yes. McCaffrey for him. Yes, that's the problem, and that's not his. That's not his fault. I get yeah. that. Um, I, I'll I'll say it again. I said it at the time, and I'll say it again. I love the premise of what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. They tried to hire a veteran coach who had a connection to the franchise, bring in a lot of smart NFL people with him, get the number one overall pick, take a quarterback fix that position and try to take advantage of a down year in your division. I, I, I still appreciate all of the things that they tried to do. I still appreciate all of the things they tried to do. They did it in the wrong year. Yeah. They gave up the wrong assets yeah. and they hired the wrong coach. There was a tweet making the rounds of that. The, the Carolina Panthers essentially gave up Caleb Williams, some other player and another top pick in 2024 for a five, eight quarterback. That's essentially what they did when you're looking into the future. I, now, if you I don't bang, have, if I they gave bang up one on, overall, like that's oh, that's going to be really. You think it's bad being zero and five? Yeah, I mean, are they going to win a game if they go two and fifteen? Do you think you they're going to go and you got to watch Caleb Williams go play for the Bears? Yes, or Drake May go play for the Bears because the like, worst that's team going to be hard. The worst team in Panthers history was that two and fourteen team from twenty ten. Okay, yeah. this team is entirely possible, even with more talent. I thought they won. Oh, go ahead. No, go they ahead. went two and fourteen. I think. Yep, this entirely possible. This team doesn't win a game. Because people keep pointing, ah, Houston after the bye week. What about Houston and, and the bye week makes you think that this Panthers team is going to beat them? And then, of course, you want to talk about the referendum. Anthony Richardson, right? Yeah. He got hurt. Yep. There's, the, there's that give it, and man. take. That's part of it. You could draft a running quarterback. Guess what? The real issue is going to happen after they the went bye one week. In, they went one in 15 in Fox's first year. In Fox's first year. Okay. Yeah. No. It was Seifert's first year, 01. Yes. Then they hire Fox. So, 01, okay. one in 15. Okay. Boy, that was a Chris Wanky. Yeah, it was a bad team, man. But to wrap my point, the, where it's going to get two and fourteen, where it's going to get <laughs> real heated, where it's going to get real heated is after the bye week against Houston. If CJ yes. Stroud and that squad beat this Panthers it's team, not going to be an F about. I don't think I'm actually. If we if we get to that point and they're still winless coming off that game, I do wonder if Frank Reich's going to make it to year two. Really, I th- it's entirely it's entirely in the mix. It gave rule. Doesn't matter two and a half. Does not matter. At some point, David Tepper is going to be embarrassed by the continued embarrassment of this team. Do you think they hired Reich to make McCown the next McNown the next? That's something we're going to have to explore a little bit later, isn't it? Okay. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline is the Attorney General for North Carolina. He is Josh Stein. And more importantly, he coached an ACC player of the year, an NBA player, Moses Wright, back in the day. Josh, Josh Stein. All right, Joe. Pleased to be with you. And I would love to be able to take any credit whatsoever for <laughs> Moses' accomplishments. Uh, he's an impressive young man. You set the foundation. I'm going to give you credit for that. I love you. You're my favorite guy. <laughs> all right. So let's let's talk about the process to you writing a letter about two weeks ago in relation to Tez Walker the NCAA in North Carolina. North Carolina has been part of this process going all the way back to earlier in this year. They went through the appeals process. They were told multiple times no, and they were kept coming back at it multiple times with different arguments. And we, Joe and I talked about this plenty. We talked to retired North Carolina Supreme Court Judge Bob Orr about this, that at some point, legally, North Carolina has to get involved. Is that where you kind of took the ball and started to run with it with that letter that you wrote? Yeah, either that or I caught the ball and then ran with it, uh, if it's a wide receiver we're talking about. Uh, 
I, I followed this just as any regular sports fan does. I, I was excited for the UNC South Carolina game, first game of the season, and then he was uh, denied. And I thought, well, that's odd. Surely this will get fixed because the facts were so much in his favor. Uh, he was just being treated unfairly. And then I assumed it would be taken care of on appeal. Two weeks later, the appeal was denied. And then I had a conversation with Charles Marshall, the general counsel at Chapel Hill, UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, and I said, he's being mistreated uh, by the NCAA, this kind of nameless, faceless bureaucracy. Uh, anything that this, we can do to help? And he was said, yes, absolutely. We're looking at all of our legal options. Uh, Tez at that point had legal counsel. And so we began having conversations with them about how they were going to approach it. Um, and, and it just comes down to an institution treating a young person grossly unfairly. Uh, and, you know, I, I have a college kid. I have a college sophomore. I have one who just graduated college. I know what 20-year-olds are like, and they are just trying to figure out their place in this world. And, you know, Tez's place was here in North Carolina playing football, and, and there was no reason why he should have been denied given the facts. I mean, understand this rule was applied to him retroactively, which is a very unfair legal concept. It means when you put in a new rule, you apply it prospectively for anybody to whom it has not applied. But if you've taken actions before the rule was instituted and you had no way of knowing the rule existed, it's very unfair to apply it to that person. And they did that to him. Of course, he only had ever played at one school, uh, Kent State. The, he went to NC Central before that, but Central didn't have a football season that year. So he's only ever played at one other school. Uh, and he was in excellent academic standing. He was a 3-7 student at, at Kent State. And then when you even look at the rule on its face about um, why there are exceptions, you know, coming home to a family member who needs you, uh, his grandmother, with whom he's exceptionally close, is not well. And he had mental health struggles about which he was open. And it just it, it, it seemed like a, a perverse application of the rules. Um, and Tez's Walker, Tez Walker's lawyers, I just want to commend, did an excellent job making a compelling case to the NCAA. And, you know, we, we lent our voice as well. Going forward, does it feel like because it, you know, by hiring Charlie Baker, the way that the NCAA did it, it feels like we're headed for a showdown over all this stuff. You know, the NCAA wants help. These schools allegedly want help from politicians like yourself. So how does this thing get resolved in both your political and, and legal mind? Because I don't, I don't know how we, we get to where we want to be, where you're saying this nameless faces institution, right? The NCAA, when actually it's the president from Georgia, it's the, you know, chancellor from Kent state. It's, it's, that's actually the real problem for me. And maybe that's what I'm suggesting to be the answer is maybe actually create an NCAA that actually has some sort of enforcement that actually has some sort of employees and full-time staff that goes along with it. Instead of it being like, Hey, let well, let's go get the president from Georgia this weekend to go listen to this case. And then next weekend we'll get the, you know, the Pacific provost to, to handle the, I mean, that it's got to drive you crazy. You went to Harvard, man. Like I'm not trying to say everyone at Harvard smart, but <laughs> I'm just a stupid state grad. What the hell do I know? I don't know what the future is for the NCAA. The, the world of college sports is just 
tumbling and turning so quickly. I mean, every year it's a reality that none of us thought was possible two years earlier. Uh, and so where we're going to be in five years or 10 years, I don't know that I'm creative enough uh, to imagine. Um, there's clear, they're clear that there are issues that they're having where they're struggling to get out of the mindset of the old regime where basically they made rules and it was their way or the highway to now where the courts, you know, the case went up to the United States Supreme Court, the Austin case and the NIL and said that, no, these kids have rights. You, you can't just control the lives of these kids because you can. They have their own interests and their own rights, uh, and they need to be able to have uh, some freedoms. And the NCA, I think, is going to take a, some time to figure out how to operate in this new world. Josh Stein joining us, Attorney General North Carolina on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. So let's take this further, because I do agree with the NCAA did with Tez Walker was an open and shut case, in my opinion, on a variety of different levels. Uh, and yet they arbitrarily made this decision while at the same time, weeks after the fact, were making exceptions and granting immediate waivers to players in similar situations. And the one part of the letter that I found most fascinating is a restraint of trade or this restraint of not a non-compete for players and that this rule is still there and we're going to still have these instances going forward. So why not take it a step further? Why threaten legal action versus actually going and testing the NCAA? As you brought up with Alston, every time the NCAA goes up in court, it tends to lose. So why haven't we seen a real push to get rules like this out of the equation altogether? Yeah, I mean, to be clear, nothing final has been determined about what's going to happen on a going forward basis. Okay. okay. The, the issue has to do with young people being able to be free to do what they want to do. Uh, that, and if you say to a young person or any person, employee of a company, that you can't do this, there has to be a pro-competitive reason to justify telling somebody they can't do it. And I'll give you a, a concrete example, work that we've done at the attorney general's office. There were a lot of fast food restaurants that made their workers, I'm talking about folks earning you know, 10, 12, 14 bucks an hour, that they could not leave their job to go work at a competitor or another of the same chain across town. Uh, it was called a no-compete, non-compete uh, uh, contract. You see that with very high-priced talent like the school administrators or CEOs, but to on to um, essentially minimum wage fast food workers was absolutely offensive. And there was zero pro-competitive rationale to restrain the laborer's ability to, to trade their services uh, for compensation. And so we have reached out, we've accomplished a number of settlements with a number of fast food restaurants striking down those settlements. And that's the exact same concept that we have here with Tez, that they're saying to Tez, you can't change to another school that suits you better, mm -hmm. where you want to play football, because we don't want you to. And then they have to have a good reason for it. And one stated reason they have is that it will help students who transfer multiple times better acclimate to a school either socially or academically. And OK, let, let's assume that's a good reason. In Tessa's case, it has no sense because he had a 3.7 GPA at Kent State. He's doing very well academically at Chapel Hill and he's from North Carolina. He wanted to come back home. He wanted to be closer to his family. So there's no question about reacclimating to the environment. So. Uh, the justification had no application to Tez's circumstance. And basically, I think 
the NCA could conceivably draft a rule that would have stronger legal foundation as long as it had some contextualization to each kid. Or is there some sort of consideration? You bring up non-competes. As somebody who at one point in his career had a non-compete, you get out of those things with consideration. I'm married to a lawyer, so I only have like a very basic knowledge <laughs> of these Netflix types of things. It really is like I'm a caveman lawyer here, which again gets back to my larger question. Why not sue the NCAA? Yeah, I, I'm married to a lawyer too, so I know what it's like to be educated every day. Um, <laughs> we, Like I said, n- n- nothing has been decided one way or the other as to that big question. The, the immediate issue was um, trying to make sure that they undid their incredibly unfair and wrongheaded decision as related to Tez. Mm-hmm. Which again, it's probably that, the answer, the answer to the question. which is what, why you say why there's no reform. Why, what, why do we keep finding ourselves in these individualized cases, right? Mm-hmm. Professional sports. You have people who enter professional sports and stay in professional sports and college sports like Tez Walker very well might be in the NFL next year. And things are collectively and then all, in and professional then, sports. And too. then all of a sudden it's forgotten. Yeah. Right. So it probably takes someone like an Austin, like an O'Bannon. O'Bannon was after the fact, of course, to go in and say, we're going to change how this works. And, you know, if you, if you win an election next year, I hope you tell Charlie Baker to pound salt. I really do. <laughs> and you can have respect for him as the former governor of Massachusetts, but I absolutely think it's disgusting that the NCAA hired him to be their president. I absolutely think they're trying to turn back the hands on the clock and say it's 1950 all over again. So that's where I come from on this. You know, we could sit here, we can argue about Chandler Zavala, we can argue about any of the cases that the NCAA has had, but ultimately it's going to take someone mm-hmm. to stand up and say what you're doing is wrong. Josh, I, I would venture to guess, I, since I learned it in high school, I would venture to guess when you explained ex post facto constitutional rights, that, that Tez's were violated. You don't even need a Harvard degree for that. Like you can't go back and change the rules. This, this, this was, this is the revolutionary war that was, it was created for that reason. Because you, if you will house the militia, you weren't allowed to be then um, you're making, that's why the rule was created. So it's like, why do we do this to ourselves? I, that's what bothers me. And, and seriously, I hope if you do win, you tell Charlie Baker, Get, get out get of here. Out of here. Uh, I, I, pre- I appreciate, appreciate the advice. <laughs> I like I that. that. <laughs> Something tells me that that's not going to show up in a Josh Stein campaign ad. Joe ranting about how going after Charlie Baker. Although, I don't know. I could be wrong. Hey. hey. You want to get mad? You, get mad? Yeah, he's, you, he's never, you, you yeah. never know. You never know. You never know. No, but I, I, I we live in this world where we're in a transitionary moment. I mean, heck, I mean, we, what, we just add SMU to the AACC. I mean, just things that if we, if I told you two years ago the SMU was going to be the AACC, we would have said that's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard, uh, let alone uh, we now understand the Atlantic coast stretches across the whole continent to the Pacific now that we have uh, Cal and, Burke, uh, and Stanford. So things are just upside down. NCA clearly needs reform. It clearly needs how to learn how to add value in a new world. And I can see uh, an or an era, I can see a role for them in a new era where they help to just organize uh, competition and, and make sure, particularly among, I mean, basketball, the NCAA tournament is so important, 
But in football, does, does football even need the NCAA, really? I don't know that they do. And so have them do the volleyball, have them do baseball, have them do basketball, have them do all the sports and help us uh, have the wonderful leagues and, and competitions. I mean, I, I'm a huge college sports junkie of all sports. I mean, I, I love baseball. I love soccer. I love um, basketball, uh, probably first and foremost, football. Like, it's just it's great, great stuff. And the NCAA needs to figure out how to continue to make it great and, and not be heavy handed. And we'll close on this with Josh Stein, attorney general of North Carolina. Again, we appreciate your time. Where do you think this change in attitude occurred? Because we're not that far removed from me taking sports talk radio callers and saying, no, the, the, you cannot do X, Y, Z with players. It's, it's about college. It's about the education, et cetera. But I would say in, in the last 10 years, really in the last five years, this attitude has completely changed and people are taking up for players' rights, in, in, in your case, for Tez Walker and others in conversations. We've had similar conversations. So what do you think the change has been to get to this point where we're taking player rights very seriously and people are fighting for the players to get out there on the field? I think it starts with the players. I think they've done a very compelling job of making the argument about how unfair the old system was that these universities were making millions and millions of dollars using their name and their Jersey number and the kids getting nothing in return when the kid is adding the value. And of course the kid's getting something, uh, a, a good education, a scholarship room and board, but the disproportionality between what the university was getting off the kid and what the kid was getting from the university uh, was too much to bear. And I think that the student athletes did a very compelling job sort of of reorienting all of our perspectives. Uh, I had the old school perspective, too, who just thought, oh, it's it's about the university and, and the kids should be all about the university. But, you know, the coaches, they leave in a heartbeat. The mm -hmm. athletic directors, they leave in a heartbeat. The chancellors, they leave in a heartbeat and they do it to make more money in a better situation. And so uh, a lot of times kids are being left in the lurch. And finally, the kids said, hey, what about us? And I think that we all sort of appreciate it much more now today. Josh, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, appreciate you putting up with some of our uh, rants here. And we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thanks, Joe and Joe. Big thanks to Josh Stein, Attorney General, North Carolina, for joining us and putting up with our rants. And big thanks to Hometown Realty. Check them out online at myhtr.com. Super simple. Not a Byzantine NCAA bylaw to sell a house. You just go there and it says, hi, there's a, there's a button, sell. Or you want to you buy, here, here's a button. There's even a mortgage calculator, all at myhtr.com. Yeah, from my man, Barry Woodard. He's like, hey. Let's focus on we're experienced professional brokers that can help you navigate through this up and down market. I was like, yeah, we could do that. And pricing your home to maximize your equity and offering resources to enhance specific marketing. 21 years, local, exp local expertise serving the triangle to the coast. That's hometown realty, myhdr.com. Go check them out and shouts to Barry. And shouts to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out, wh.lawyer. Again, that website really pops on an OG Golf Classic yes. sponsorship shot. Yes. What'd you do with the, with the ball? What'd you do with the oh, sign? Oh, it's in the car. I got to bring it up. Oh, man. Which reminds me, I have to pay for parking. I totally forgot. Oh, me too. Eh, whatever.
It's it's you know what I found interesting? It's actually cheaper to pay the ticket than it is to park in the <laughs> All day. day. Yeah. All day. It's funny how that works out. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. We just did. <laughs> but anyway, big thanks to Whitaker and Hammer for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. It was good to hang out with them at the golf tournament as well. Yeah, it was fun. And also thanks to Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Mosquito Authority actually was just at the house on Friday. I think, yeah, I think it was Friday they came out for another treatment. Because October, yeah, it's fall. It felt great this weekend. But it didn't really feel great until the weekend. You're still dealing with some October heat and mosquitoes can still be active. And thankfully, Mosquito Authority came out. And what's important about Mosquito Authority is they come, they ring the doorbell and they ask you, hey, what's an area of concern? They're not just showing up, spraying and leaving. They're like, hey, 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 what do you need done? You've seen anything. What can we do to help? And that's what they do. Yeah, Hayes Lancaster, the OG, OG. Go to bugsbite.com. You'll see all kinds of offers because just like us, Word is bond, man. They don't have a contract. They believe in what their work does and stands for itself. So go check them out. Bugsbite.com. Punch in your zip code and you're going to get see all kinds of great coupons. All right. Let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. Shout out to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. Check them out later this week. Wednesday. Yes. Thursday, Wednesday through Friday. Sunday. Big shouts to Anthony going 3-0 and on Picks and Pizza this week. Bouncing back. So I'm trying to do a better job of getting off Twitter. So let's go to Threads, Joe. Uh, where Matt's oh, the, super the alternative? Sun- yeah, the alternative. Okay. Yeah, just the engagement on Twitter's just not been the same, man. There's okay. reasons for that. Uh, does the NCAA statement about Tez Walker read as if they were actually just punishing him with a quote unquote suspension for UNC calling out the NCAA? The further we get away from it, and the and the and the way that the NCAA was like, well, it was their fault. They didn't give us new information. New information. Depending yeah. on who you asked, I've talked to two different people. One saying. There was no new information. This is the NCAA just trying to find a way out of it while sticking it to UNC on their way out because of the legal threat and everything sure. else. But I also talked to another source who said, no, there was something in the process that UNC for whatever, you know, you can blame the NCAA all you want for process, but there was something in the process that the NCAA finally went, well, had you just done this in the first place? Again, that's on who you want to believe. I'm going to take my one source that says, yeah, no, there was no new information and legal stuff really started to get the NCAA worried. But as far as punishment is concerned, yes, I think we can all agree. And I agreed with Josh Stein. I've agreed with other people who've said this. It's fairly obvious the NCAA was trying to make UNC an example. Why UNC? No idea. But they wanted to make UNC the example. And of course, that blew up in their face spectacularly. All right, next up to the Twitter machines uh, from Matthew. Tepper is a hard read. He's a he's rich, cold enough to clean house after one year, but he held on to rule a year too long. So pride may keep this dumpster fire stoked <laughs> for an extra year. I don't know. I don't know. You know, if you're a smart businessman, you learn from your mistakes. And maybe he learned I held on to Matt Rule too long. And he might do the same thing with Frank Reich. And he might get the next copycat league idea of like, you know what I should have done? Josh McCown. I should have hired the young guy in the NFL, not the young college coach. Third time's the charm, right, Joe? We'll see how this one plays out. Third time is the charm. All right, let's go back to Twitter. I think I found Dave Doran's burner account. Dave's or I found um, Randy Woodson's. Burner account? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to send me that. I'll pull that one up in a second. Uh, This is from Kipling's Wolfpack. It disturbs the Joes, in quotes, when the Wolfpack wins. Dave Dorn is one win away from tying Earl Edwards for wins at UNC. He's put a ton of guys in the NFL. He looks uh, after less fortunate, and he gives. He is not. He's not quit on NC State. Lou did. Bo did. Dick quit football. 
Go Pack. Is that Dave's when, burner? When did we say that he quit? Dude, I don't know, man. I don't. There are some people, there are some people, it's not just NC State fans, but there are some people on social media that they look at wins not as an opportunity to celebrate their team winning, but they look at it as an opportunity to just start beef with somebody you don't like. Okay. You said this about my team. Now what do you have to say? Nothing. I've actually supported Dave and made arguments for Dave for a long time, but that's neither here nor there. Bull City coordinators. Hey, Joe, does the SEC get to claim Georgia Tech beating Miami last night? Jackets, QB, and wide receiver transferred from AM and Alabama. If the SEC can claim Texas and Oklahoma this season, does it get to claim a Georgia Tech win? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we've been over this. Tran- they hey, have to make up all of their own rules. I brought this up with the Georgia-Kentucky game. If somehow, some way, Devin Leary was Oof. the quarterback that beat, Con- you know, was Georgia Kentucky that beat to Georgia. Yeah, I know, right? Then, yeah, you claim that as a win uh, from Todd. From the mountain, any videos of your dad? No. I thought about hitting my dad up on StreamYard just to be if he wanted to join us for uh, to complain about Mario Cristobal, but it actually ended up turning into me complaining about my dad. So probably for the best. That way to get my dad on. That's going to wrap it up for today's edition. We will see you Tuesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.